Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome Sorry. to Genesis. Um, today is our first day of Advent, first set of five. So um, we are going to bring you the reading this morning. We're the Scobie family. And um, yeah, so here's our reading. Our reading comes from Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. This is the New Living Translation. This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amaz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last day, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all and the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. And there he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion and his world word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning. Ah. This is my favorite part. Nation will no longer fight nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. This is the mantra of Advent. We can also use other A words for Advent. Awake, alive, alert, and award. Aware. Aware. Yeah. All of these are appropriate. Advent is above all else a call to full consciousness. Advent is an alertness, paying attention for the appearance of our Lord Jesus in our world. Come, Lord Jesus. It can be a cry of desperation but it can also be an assured shout of, co of our cosmic hope. Come, Lord Jesus, into our past, present, and future. Come, Lord Jesus, into our private dilemmas and into our suffering world. Come, Lord Jesus, make thine advent here. And so what we do for Advent is um, we go to the dollar store and we get um, candles, put them on a paper plate or some dollar store uh, plate and we put them in our table um, or in our window back here next to our Fisher Price Nativity and our uh, menorah. So we put these out in our cactuses and we put these out and, and Many years we couldn't find the right colors. You're supposed to have like three purple and a, and a pink. Eric found an orange, so that'll have to do. Oh, and then I a white. No pink today. No Sorry. pink. Um, but we light these on Sundays of Advent, and and we like to light them at dinner time and just uh, reflect of the Advent season. So this is a really cheap. It's five dollars at the dollar store. If you want to uh, do something similar, then we invite you to do that. Hey, um, I'm Bonnie. I'll be doing the announcements this morning. Um, so first of all, welcome to Genesis. We're so glad you're here joining us and um, hope it's a blessing to you, just like your presence is a blessing to all of us. Um, now is the time. If you have a prayer request, you can put it in the chat box. If it's a private prayer request, uh, you can address it uh, just to Bo, privately to him. Um, secondly, we don't have actual green cards anymore, but 
in lieu of that, we're gonna put up a, a poll. So there's a few questions on there. Um, firstly, if you would like to join a group, if you'd like to talk to an elder or pastor, receive our weekly email, if you'd like to be intentionally discipled. And there's a new one on there this week that we'll talk a little bit about later, but if you would like an advent calendar, um, we can make that happen. So know that you'll have a more explanation later, but the opportunity right now to um, click that to, to start that contact if you would like an advent calendar. Uh, next, this month we've been, um, as a church body, as a um, as a community, looking for ways that we can practice our value of love in action. So a couple opportunities um, that we'll just talk about again, uh, because God is working and he is laying people on our hearts to, to love. And so if he has laid someone on your heart, uh, please do this th these things that he has laid it on your heart to do. And it just is amazing what happens. Um, one thing that you could be thinking of doing is taking a neighborhood stroll just in a prayerful spirit and asking God for eyes to see the needs around you. And then if, if he brings someone to your mind that uh, it would help to connect with someone else in our community, that that, that person could help you make a need, help meet a need, um, we would love to make that happen together. Uh, the other opportunity we've been talking about is also listening to God and just prayerfully asking, God, is there anyone that you're laying on my heart to encourage through a card? And, and if you lay someone in your heart, just pray and ask God, what are your words for this person? And, um, and write it and send it. These are ways that we can be faithful to the Holy Spirit, to God, as he's prompting us. Um, the last announcement is about the CDC, the Central Detroit Christian Community Development Christmas Store Underwear Drive. So we've been announcing about this, but it's getting close to the end. It's only through December 9th. So if you're thinking you're going to do something about it, uh, try to make it happen this week. Um, every year, the CDC hosts a Pride for Parents Christmas Store where they serve 100, 125 families and they sell gifts to these low income families for just a fraction of the retail value. And it just, it gives parents a continued sense of self-sufficiency and caring for their own family. And um, it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful um, ministry. So we can help by helping to collect underwear. They need around 50 packages of children's, women's, men's underwear, new and in the package. It only costs about five to ten dollars a package. So two ways you could do this: they have an Amazon wish list that we have sent out, but um, we're going to try to drop it in the chat box today. Um, but if you use that, make sure that it's going to arrive no later than December 9th. And then there's also a bin at Genesis that you can drop packages off at, um, and it's labeled CDC Christmas Store. It's near the back door that you can reach off the back parking lot. So those are all the announcements. Uh, next, Nikki's gonna talk about Advent. Hey Nikki, try to, un try to unmute again. Sorry about that.
Okay, can you hear me now? Good, okay. All right, so um, let me start over. So in the poll, you saw the option of receiving an advent calendar. Um, for those of you who have been through advent with us in years prior, we always provide, make sure there's no glare, just the simple advent calendars from Trader Joe's. And we got them with the help of Manya and Jerry um, to go and pick these up. And we have them for distribution, um, for pickup at my house, which we are in the south end of Royal Oak, kind of over by the church, um, Bo's house, which is in Oak Park, and Manya's house, which is in Madison Heights, and the Regal's house, which is kind of central in Royal Oak. Um, and when you get your, oh, and if you need an advent calendar and you can't get to us, let us know, drop it in the chat um, because we can get them delivered to you as well. Um, and when you receive your advent calendar, you'll get a piece of paper that looks like this, it's two-sided. One side is activities that you can do um, throughout the month of December. And on this side, it is a daily reading of the birth of Jesus. It's Christmas story, basically. Um, and just a couple of options. Now, don't feel obligated to do every single piece of this, okay? Again, we're inviting you to pray about what Advent looks like for you, right? We just don't want it something that you're checking off the list. Um, we're encouraging you even to ask for two or pick up two calendars um, and be prayerful about who you're supposed to give that second calendar to, okay? Um, and an another option would be, you could pray over this and say, I'm only gonna do three of these activities, Lord, who do I invite to come with me? Okay, and then you reach out and invite those who the Lord has put upon your heart um, and continue to pray for the folks that Jesus is saying, hey, reach out to them. Okay, like my family, we're not real good with the activities. I'm not going to lie. They're, my kids are a little bit older. <laughs> so I might get one or two of my kids to participate. Um, but my kids do the <sighs> about the reading, but they enjoy it. And we do it every year and we get candy canes to hand out after we do the reading. And these are great memories for our family. Um, so we just encourage you to pray about how Advent, how you're supposed to step into Advent this year and allow, allow the Lord to just lead you in that. Um, we do have an opportunity though, on Saturday, December 5th at 4 p.m. If you would like to pray together about that, we're gonna gather in the parking lot and we're gonna pray um, about at 4 p.m. I see Nate's popping it up um, in the chat. Um, we're just gonna ask the Lord to guide us. And then we're gonna have some candy canes and we're just gonna head out in groups, maybe of like two people or two families with some candy canes. And we're gonna do some candy cane bombing and put them in people's houses or under windshield wipers. And we're just gonna pray and ask the Lord what it is he would have us do and be very mindful about who he brings to mind for us. So that's December 5th, Saturday at 4 p.m. Um, and also for our families, um, starting next Sunday, we're going to be starting a Treehouse Sunday School prior to service. And we've also printed off everything that's going to be needed for your kids um, 
for the month of December. So if you're picking up Advent calendars and you think your kids would want to participate, um, pick up a packet per kid. So we will all, we will have those as well. And they will also be available on our website. So if you just wanna download and print the simple coloring sheets. So that will start December 6th. Um, and I think that's all I've got. So let us know if you want a calendar, okay? Thanks guys. Good morning, church. Can you hear me? Okay, so uh, we're going to have some time for testimonies. And uh, uh, since we last met uh, on Monday, I got a call. It's the kind of call that nobody wants to get. It was from my dentist. And they said I'd been in the dentist office a week before. And they said that, uh, that I had likely been exposed to COVID and I needed to go get a test. So I ran all over the place trying to figure out where to go to get a test and, and all that. And I, we tried in, in Hamtramck and the place, you know, was, I just didn't get a response in time. So finally I got it from my, my uh, primary care physician and they could take me. They were closing at six o'clock. I got in at 540. And as I sit down, they do the blood pressure. My blood pressure was 171 over something. And it's like, oh my goodness, I've never even been close to that. And I said, I think this is a COVID anxiety reading that you have here. And uh, so they said they'd take it a little later. And, uh, and so as I'm waiting for everything to be done, I'm just sitting in their, their COVID uh, separation room uh, that they have at the, at the doctor's office. And I'm sitting there. And I just started uh, doing breathing, deep breathing and praying and saying, Lord, this is, you know, whatever it is, is, you know, I'm in your hands and just kind of centered myself. And uh, when they came back and took the blood pressure is more like 130 over 139, I think it was. So it was like, whew, at least I'm, I'm back where I should be somewhat. And uh, but uh I ended up taking both the tests and the short one came back uh, immediately uh, negative and then later on negative. And so, you know, we were, we were very thankful. But one of the things that, that uh, hit me during that time was that, you know, for me to be thankful, I didn't get COVID was one thing, but I was also keenly aware that so many of my dear friends have gotten COVID. Uh, you know, we've even lost some friends from it. Uh, just recently our, in our church, uh, uh, Dick Edgar had COVID and was hospitalized. You know, many of us were praying for him. And, and uh, so it's not, it's not that one of us is better than the other and, uh, or, or whatever. It's like it can, it can come to anybody and anybody can, be, can miss. And the question is, how do we deal with it? And, and uh, as I was sitting there in the, in the doctor's waiting room there, or the uh, the, the isolation room. Uh, I thought of this verse from Philippians where Paul says, I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of being plenty and of being in need, of having COVID and not having COVID. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now that was a, a modern revised version, but uh, uh, I think you get the point that, you know, the Lord can be with us in whatever situation we're in. So we'd love to see, uh, hear from uh, others of you of how God has shown up 
And so you can put your name in the chat and then as I call it out, we'll uh, spotlight you and uh, go from there. And we're gonna start with Jacqueline. Hey everyone, it's me Jacqueline. And right now I'm kind of experiencing like COVID depression because I'm, I'm just sick of being at home all the time. I'm sick of wearing the masks and I'm sick of social distancing. I just want it to be over. I just want it to be done. I what, want are you, what are you thankful for God? I, but, but I'm thankful for all the doctors and nurses who are helping the patients get better. But yeah. I'm just sick of all these <laughs> COVID restrictions. When is it going to be over? When will we be out of the shadows? Thank you, thank you, Jacqueline. I, I can't wait to give you a hug at church. Uh, that'll be a special celebration. We got Manya. So um, I've been getting to do things like deliver cards to people who said that they wanted them and to text back and forth. And I have been really, really encouraged at how many of you are, I mean, first of all, just getting to see people is really fun and um, chat but also how many of you are praying and asking God and then, you know, coming back and sharing your stories. I just got one this morning and um, it, it really encourages me what you guys are doing. And it really encourages me um, that God is showing up for you and that you're following through. It's just cool. And so we had zoom meetings last week and nobody showed up for my zoom meeting to pray and, and but it's totally fine. Um, because the point was to set aside 15 minutes to be quiet and to ask God and nobody showed up. So it was easier for me to be quiet because <laughs> I don't do that so well when there's other people. Um, anyway, and I really felt like he did and I got a name and also a whole bunch of pieces of that. And so I'm thankful for you guys and I'm thankful that God shows up. Amen. Thank you. And Manya was uh, one of the, I was one of the ones Manya visited and, uh, and uh, thank you for, for all you do to serve the church and the body of Christ. Danielle. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, you're fine. Okay, good. Um, so last week, the kids just had two days of school before the holiday break. And in Haley's English class, they uh, the teacher had them watch a movie and it was, um, well, not a movie, but kind of like a documentary. And it was from an organization called a dollar a day. And these folks go to different territories and they tried to live on a dollar a day. And in that documentary, Healy got to see how some communities in, um, I believe she said it was Guatemala live. And when she got done with the class, she was She's not super emotional and she was just like wrecked in tears. And she was explaining about how um, she got to see people from that area, um, how they live, like eight people in a one room house and how the children don't have toys and how a lot of the kids don't get to go to school because they don't have money to buy the school supplies and things of that nature. But she also saw how um, in that family that they highlighted in that series, um, the mother was really sick and the family didn't have enough money um, to pay for travel to get her to a doctor's office. And one of the neighbors in the community had um, jobs where they made a little bit more money 
than that family as farmers. And so they kind of came together as a community and uh, were able to get the funds to get this, the mother um, to the doctor's office. And she was just really kind of rocked to her soul seeing how other people live and, you know, her blessings. But what really touched her and we were able to sit down with parents and talk to her about is not the definition of rich or being well off is money and materialistic things. It was about community and about how those kids from the series that she saw probably felt very blessed because they have a community um, that comes together like that, that not everybody gets to experience or have. So I just saw Jesus working through her um, in the sense of, you know, humbling and seeing how she is a bit spoiled, uh, being an only child, she gets more, you know, if we had been, if we had more kids um, and also seeing that it's, you're more wealthy when you have love and support of community. Um, and it seemed to really resonate with her, which I thought was a huge blessing being that, you know, she's a teenager and about to be 16. So it was, it was amazing to see. And then also, um, me having a conversation with her and sharing thoughts and ideas of what she saw and reiterating with her that those folks having the community support, how that was really important. That was a blessing. And then hearing her dad talk to her about it as well, not hearing our conversation and he relayed the same message. Um, So that was a huge blessing for us. Thank you, Danielle. That's such a beautiful story and, and uh, so wonderful that you as parents took time to debrief that with her and turn that into uh, a deeper learning than if she'd just you know, gone to school and had that one day. And those kind of conversations can be part of shaping lives. And, and uh, God bless you all. And thank you for sharing that testimony with us and stretching us in our faith. God bless you. Thank you so much, church. All right. Thank you for sharing your testimonies. Jackie, thank you so much for sharing in that and your vulnerability of even saying that you're experiencing the COVID, you know, depression. And and that is that is so true, right? And so we know that we need to find ways of being able to cope in hard times. Right, because at this point we're like, when? When is it going to be over? And I don't know, right? Um, and so we're we're all trying to take these deep breaths. And so, and I and I saw a number of people, Jackie, who said, "Me too, right? Me too, Jackie. Me too." We're feeling it. And when, Lord? And so um, we ask that, right? I want to pray, but I also love hearing Danielle, who is saying, "Oh, but we do have community, and we are stepping to each other, even right here." And in these moments, right? And we are trying to find those um, not ideal ways of connecting, like Zoom, but adequate ways, right? Not ideal, but adequate. And so maybe even Paul's in, not ideal to social distance, but still adequate, right? To be on someone's front porch and to talk with them. And not ideal in this, but boy, are they adequate. And may we continue to step into those things that create a safe environment for the vulnerable and for others to love one another. So, but the depression of it is for real. And so let's pray, let's pause 
And so Jackie, thank you for modeling vulnerability. So church, continue to do that. When you're not doing well, say, I'm not doing well. Continue to say it, tell somebody, tell somebody, right? So Jackie, thank you. That's, that's beautiful for vulnerability. So let me pray. So Father, in the midst of people, even when I say that out loud, they say, that's me. And so maybe even speak it to you. We're not doing well. Help. So Lord, even as Jackie said it, come Holy Spirit. Come and breathe upon her, Lord. Come into the pain and the struggle. She says, how long, God? And so we say, in the name of Jesus, COVID, be gone. Be done away with. Help, Lord. And for the others who are struggling, help. Help. Lord, continue by your Holy Spirit to bring people to our mind that we can build community with those who are hurting. How we can step in in a phone call, a text, a FaceTime, a Zoom, a front porch meeting, a walk through the neighborhood, a candy cane prayer, whatever it might be, Lord. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for the connection, here's what I wanted to do. Micah Brown, he's a school therapist, and just uh, he's been sending me stuff about caring for mental health. And he sent me this podcast on gratitude. And he said that gratitude is massive. And all your kids, every one of your kids' teachers or you know, having, you know, forcing their students to do gratitude journals if they're in school and Zoom, right? Just like, what are you grateful? What are you grateful for? And forced gratitude. And even while it's forced, it has profound implications for our brain and our minds. So here's my question for you. When you're forced to be grateful, and you're going to say, name three things that you're grateful for, what are your when you're like, I don't feel grateful, but someone makes you be grateful and says, you've got to pick three things. What are the three things that you pick? What are the three go-tos that you're like, uh, these are the ones I list. What are you grateful for? The forced grateful. You can type them out. Here am I, right? It's all like, oh, and you know, and there's times I'm not feeling grateful. But what are my ones? I say, I'm grateful for being able to go to the bathroom. And that just comes from the, this weird sort of like these blessings of being, blessing God after you go to the bathroom. I'm always just grateful to be able to go to the bathroom. For those of you who have troubled going to the bathroom, you know how much of a blessing it is to go to the bathroom, right? I'm grateful for being able to go to the bathroom. I'm grateful for being able to move and exercise and those kinds of things. Super grateful for that. Uh, and I'm grateful for trees. That's where I go. Oh, Meredith, coffee, running water that can be hot or cold. And you don't have to boil or filter it and dogs. I love it. So church, here's what we're going to do right now. Oh, family, health, job, right? You guys get it. What are the things? We're going to start spotlighting you. You're going to get no choice of this matter. And we're going to force you to be grateful for three things. Forced gratitude. For any of the team, would you guys begin just to spotlight anyone who you like seeing their face? Oh, there you go, Thomas. You need to, un you're, I think you might be unmuted. What are you grateful for? You want to say no, go for it. Okay. Um, I'm grateful that my kids, we have two kids and they mostly get along because they're playing very much only with themselves with each other, you know, for months on end and they mostly get along. Um, I'm grateful for Legos because that is a big feature of that. And um, I'm grateful that nobody that we love 
um, and close to us in our families has gotten sick. As much as I complain about all this stuff, um, we are very grateful for that. I'm hungry. I'll the list. You gotta be quick on these. <laughs> McLaughlin's, what are you grateful for? The three things, even if you're not feeling grateful, what are the things you're grateful? This is Liv, not Liz. We don't hear you yet. I'm grateful for my wife and my three daughters, or my two daughters. <laughs> I said in quarantine, an escape into books. <laughs> I mean, blowing through them. Awesome. Who else? Oh, here we go. Whoa! Hello, what are you grateful for? You'll be unmuted here in a second. Perfect. We are Hi. grateful for our baby Nova and podcasts and- And sleep training, that's been go. good to us lately. Oh, baby Nova, what a beautiful name too. Beautiful, how old is that baby? You got muted again. Eight months. Is she sleeping right now? Okay. Oh. Tim, all right, you're being called out. Tim, three things. What are you grateful for? One minute, we will get you unmuted. Uh, being employed during the crisis and um, family. Awesome. That's about it. <laughs> hey, that, that's two, right? That's moving towards it. That's moving the dial and your brain that direction. So good. And this church on Sunday. Hey, there you go, right? Jerry. I am uh, grateful for the weather. It's been amazing. Uh, family and um, my job, jobs, I should say, multiple. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for participating um, in that. I know many people who create these patterns of gratitude, right? And create these spots of just saying, what am I thankful for? The little gifts through the day. I loved, um, Scobie is your guys with, you know, lighting the candle and Advent and these little practices, these small but incredibly profound practices that change our brains, that change our thinking, that change our perspectives. And so uh, we want to continue to invite you in, into those. They, they move us. So God, thank you. Every good gift comes from you. And we're thankful for all that you, you've given us, for what you've, you're providing for the hope that we have in you. Thankful for community. Thank you for air that we breathe. Thankful, Lord. Continue to bring to our attention those, those, those movements, God, of your goodness that we see in the world, in our neighborhood, in our family, in our kids, in our, in our spouse, in our roommate, uh, in our coworkers. 
Amen. And thank you for your uh, giving within that. For those of you who are able to kind of create online that way of opening hands and participating in the church through your financial gifts. Thank you for that. Thank you for creating new patterns of either mailing them or doing online baking. Thank you for those of you who have a consistent pattern for doing that it continues to help us as we plot and move towards God as inviting us towards, which is to build community, to build communities of people to encourage that in your homes and virtual communities um, and to build consistent opportunity for people to worship God and to move us all in the mission that God is inviting us into, right? To be the hands and feet of Jesus and to love. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for participating in that uh, through, through this year. So God, thank you for your provision in that. You can also text to give and, and things like that. There is a, if you're looking for opportunities and ways to do that, as they threw out there too, for giving to the CDC, for participating in a number of things, you can, you can do that. You can set up a repeating gift if you're struggling to do so. We are grateful for those who support and uh, team up with us in what's happening right now. So grateful. Thank you, Lord. All right, so here, here's what I'm encouraged with this morning, just to kind of to, to prompt us. It's, um, it's, a, it's a perspective text, and, and I pray that this text would give you some perspective as well. I pray, my, my hope in reading these scriptures is always that you would be able to hear from God, right? that the Holy Spirit would speak in profoundly, that we could tune ourselves in to what God is saying, to us. Sometimes it's helpful to listen to my words, and sometimes those are a distraction. But I pray that you would tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And so at any moment that you get an inclination of the Spirit of God speaking to you, write it down. Pause and, and type it, right? That's what I think is so beautiful about the chat that's going on during this, is that it's opportunity to process and to engage in different ways of learning. Our whole aim is to be able to hear from God, which is the promise, which is the gift, which is, which is what God's promises that we can hear. And so, again, I invite you, tune into the Lord. Tune into what God has for you. I've got a few scriptures um, that I wanted to share, but I want the Spirit to meet us. So, Father, speak to us. Let us tune in to what you have for us this morning. Let us tune into what you have for us that you've already spoken through the testimonies and through the gratitude, through the worship, through the stories. Let us take hold of it. Say yes to it. We consent, Lord, to you. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This came from a reading this last week, and we read the scriptures with a number of people, and Kate, who's here, is like, well, I think you need to speak on this. I think you need to talk about this text. And so um, I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> when Kate tells you, you do it, right? So, um, and, and I, was, I was sensing a profound sort of move of, in, of the spirit as well when I was reading through this. And so it's from John, the 19, John 19. Um, I, I think that also what I find profound is that this, this reading is kind of messy, right? It's about the crucifixion of Jesus and that's messy. Um, and it's messy because it shows people using their power over Jesus for evil, 
powering up over Jesus and for something that we would say is not good. But yet this was the whole plan from the beginning. And that's messy in itself. I've got a five-year-old and in our pod, we have, we have one person that's, in our, that's welcoming to our house. Well, currently we're, we're making sure that everything's okay, but our five-year-old neighbor pops in and he comes over uh, to play with Harvest. We're so thankful to, right, to have, have neighbors too who are quarantining and being really cautious so that our five-year-olds can play with each other. Um, but when he comes over, it's usually once a week when they're playing or something, he says things like, um, you don't make the rules over me. <laughs> in, in essence, and he says that to Harvest, and then sometimes he'll even say that to me. Um, and like any, you know, um, good adult, I get angry quickly when he says that. And I say, yes, I am. I am the boss. When you're here, I'm in charge of you, right? You know, like, a, like any um, adult who also has issues. No, but he says, that's interesting, right? You, um, you're not the boss of me. Uh, and you don't make the rules. I think so often we, we feel this and we don't like it when people power up on us. And sometimes we don't know what to do with that. And we get spun out of control when we think that that's happening, right? But in this text, I, I think that's it. it what we see Jesus doing here in John 19 is so profound and it's so big. I pray they would give you perspective because it gave me. This is in John 19 verses 1 through 11. Jesus has just, he's in this sort of like kangaroo court trial, right? Where he is wanting to get, uh, where they're going to they're gonna kill him, right? But he is brought before the Roman government at this time and he's with Pilate. This is in verse 1. Then Pilate, and, and so he, they, the religious leaders brought Jesus to Pilate and said, we don't like him. He's a troublemaker. He's claiming to be king on and on. And so this is verse one. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, look, here is the man. Now I need to pause here, right? Now again, here's Jesus with a bloody face, a crown of thorns and a robe on and whipped with a lead tipped thing. And, and, and Pilate steps out and says, hey, I just need you to know, I don't find this guy guilty. And then he brings out Jesus. Let it be known, right? This is how Pilate treats non-guilty people. I don't find him guilty, but I'll beat him. And, um, and that should suffice you, right? I mean, that's in essence is what he's doing. Look, here's the man. Now, when they saw him, the leading priests and the temple guards began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said, I, I find him not guilty. <laughs> and the Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. And he took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? That's the question that Pilate asked Jesus. 
Don't you realize I have the power to either give you life or to take it? And then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. This is a super, this is a profound text. We read that, right? Jesus is in this trial. He, um, Pilate beats him and whips him, thinks that's going to be enough for the Jewish leaders. It's like, yeah, I've, I've overdone it here. I'll make a mockery of this Jesus character. Brings him out and they want him dead. Crucify, crucify him. And that kind of freaks Pilate out. And then he questions Jesus. Jesus has no answer, doesn't defend himself, doesn't fight for himself, says nothing. And then Pilate is like, don't you realize I have the power to release you or to crucify you? And here's somebody powering up. Now, do you realize that I have the power to do this? This is exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 20 that leaders do. They'll lord it over you. All right, that's what Jesus said. They're going to they're gonna lord over power and they're going to use it. They're going to lord it over you so that you'll, you'll beg or you'll bribe um, in order to get what you want and so they can be, get more power. But Jesus said, um, no, you're to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become a slave. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Pilate is asking the question, don't you realize I have the power over you? And I think Jesus knew exactly what was happening and kind of knew, it's like, yeah, hey, you wouldn't have any power. You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from heaven. Now, that statement spun us when we were reading this text this week and we're kind of thinking, what does this mean? It's kind of like, hey, God is the one, everything that you have is the gift from God. And even what Pilate has is a gift from God. Does that mean that Pilate's unjust rules are gifts from God or Pilate's brutality are from God? Not at all. But what he was given, that power was given, and then it was Pilate's choice what he did with that power. In the same way that you've been given power and agency and opportunity, and what you do with that is up to you. How you wield that power. And when Jesus talked about power in Matthew 20, he says, hey, you're not to lord it over people. But I'm going to show you what it is to give yourself up, right? To be a servant. If you want to have, you want to wield real power, serve others. As I will do and lay my life down for many. Pilate's question, don't you realize that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? Jesus in John 10 made this really interesting statement in verse 18. He said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want and I also can take it up again for this is what the father has commanded. No one has taken my life from me. So Pilate, you don't have the power to take my life from me. That's what Jesus was saying. He was kind of saying, no, no, the issue isn't with Pilate taking power, powering up and lording over him. That's not what's at stake here. 
Jesus was laying his life down as a ransom. When we are processing this text, right, this, this idea, this power, and being powered over, something powering over you, saying, you're not the boss of me. You're not the power over me. We understand that Jesus is doing something so much more profound than this moment with Pilate of saying, no, you don't really have any power. I'm laying my life down. See, there was true powers at work that had power over us that were way more harmful than governments and authorities and people who would use it to lord over people. That's how it works today. People are still using their power to lord it over people, to oppress people, to enslave people in order to get rich, And right? That, that's what power does. That's what the rulers of this age do. That's what the leaders of this time do. Unless they have a different perspective and a narrative that is birthed by God. But yet there was a greater power at work that Jesus was trying to remedy. That he was stepping in for. That give us freedom to. Not a freedom from Pilate. But the things, the enemy that Jesus talked about that he was coming for was a freedom from sin a freedom from Satan, and a freedom from death, the true enemies of all humankind. And these are the ones that had claim over us. And this is why Jesus came to ransom themselves from these enemies, from sin, from Satan, and from death, which that power was over us. In so many ways, the power that sin had us, that had us entangled in it, have you felt that power where you were entangled in sin, gripped by it, pulled by it, lured by it, enslaved to it to go the ways you don't want to go? A power that leads to destruction, right? Entrapment. The issue of Satan, and, and Satan in the scriptures means accuser. And there's the power of an accuser who accuses us and, and he points to our sin and says, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're unworthy, you're rejected. And there's power in that. The power of the accuser says, you're mine, you're slaves to this and you're my captive. And the accuser that says, oh no, you're outside of God. You're outside of the family of God. There's this power of Satan that he had over us. And then there's the power of death, which is the final enemy, right? Death. When there's great fear around that, it has such a power over us. A power how we'll live or not live or what we'll do or what we won't do. When death has that grip on us, it enslaves us in this fear. You know, these are the great enemies in which Jesus was coming to liberate us from. So often I think we can get hung up on our perspectives of what has power over us. And, and the biggest declaration of Jesus, and this was the declaration we made on that Wednesday or Thursday this week, I think it was Wednesday. 
And when, in the same way that when uh, Jesus stood before Pilate and was like, no, you, you don't really have power over me. Can we actually say those same things? You have no power over me, sin. You have no power over me, Satan. You have no power over me, death. And we can only say those things because of Jesus. Through his death and resurrection. Sin has no power. Satan has no power. And death has no power over you. And Jesus, when he stood before this court, this is what he was looking to do in our lives. To truly give us freedom. And so here's one of my questions. Have you experienced the freedom of Jesus? Do you know that freedom? That freedom that says, death, you have no power over me. I'm God's. And when I breathe my last, I will, ret- I will be his. Do you know that, that that is the power over sin that says, oh, no, sin does not have its hold on me any longer. It doesn't mean that you don't struggle or don't sin, but sin no longer has power because you've been freed from it. And Satan has no power to accuse you because you had cleansed by Jesus. Have you experienced the freedom of Jesus? Can you say that? Can you say, sin, you have no power over me. Satan, you have no power over me. Death, you have no power over me. Thank you, Jesus. And we can say that because of the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced that freedom? If you trust in Jesus, you know that freedom. So I pray that you would take hold of it. You would say yes to that, to those gifts. And then here's my question. What will you do with that freedom? What will you do with that freedom? The freedom that God is trying to give you, wants to give you, over sin, over death, and of Satan. How will you use that freedom? Here's what Galatians 5 says. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself, Galatians 5. Use your freedom to love each other. Everything can be summed up in your love for one another. Verse 16 of Galatians 5, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I pray today that the gift of Jesus, the freedom of Jesus that has freed you, for those of you who have trusted in Jesus, for that gift, I pray that it would mean something today. Pray that you'd be able to experience the full freedom of your sin. Your sins are forgiven. 
in Jesus. I pray that you would experience the freedom from Satan. The accuser is silenced before God. There is no accusation put before you that stands. And I pray that you would know the freedom of death. That your eternity, that he will not cast you away, that God will not lose you. And that you're free. And I pray that that would lead to a different kind of living today. A different kind of freedom. A different kind of gratitude that would allow you to love others. Guided by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. What are you inviting us to do with our freedom today? What shape will love take today? Holy Spirit, come and guide. Speak to us, Lord. Come and speak, Lord, if we're not living in that freedom. What do you want to say into that? Speak, Lord to your church. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, church, thanks for being with us today. I know that my heart has been encouraged by all of the sharing and hearing things that I didn't know that I needed to hear today. And so that's super powerful. So I hope that you've had that experience as well. Um, the other thing is that I'm probably going to be over at Sean and Caroline's on their front yard within the next 10 minutes with, in full COVID gear to get a squeeze on that baby. So we're going to lift the mute and everybody can say hi and we love you very much. Thanks for being with us today. So Bo, go ahead and lift the mute. Okay, you should be able to unmute yourselves now. Here. Now. Hi, Daddy.